Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you and I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's open with me to Matthew chapter 6, but let's do what we've been doing um, through this whole series as we've been walking out the Lord's Prayer and learning it together. Can we stand right now? We're going to all say the Lord's Prayer together. We've been learning it as a church. We've been getting to know it as a church. So in one big voice, here we go. One, two, three. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Well done. Give yourselves a big hand, round of applause. Some strong, some strong prayers in church today. So good, so good. I just forgot to mention just before we read the Lord's Prayer together, said it together. Um, don't forget next month um, about the Relationships Conference. And I just want to make sure no one misses out on that. Um, we only have a certain amount of childcare spots, and uh, and I really want us to to lean into that and carry that as a church. Okay, uh, let's not just not do that. Let's do that as a church. Let's carry it together. So I really want you to be registered, uh, get onto that uh, as soon as possible, which would be awesome. Uh, An essential Sunday today as well. So if you are new, new to faith, new to our church, uh, essentials after the next service. So you're welcome to obviously stay for another service, but also to come back and be a part of Essentials as well. All right, Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer. I love that we've been learning as a church, but it says this in Matthew 6, verse 6, just before the Lord's Prayer. This is what Jesus says. He says, but when you pray, he says, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. I want to preach a message today. This is the title, The Secret Prayer. Is the title, The Secret Prayer. And the more I thought about the title, the more I realized that the secret prayer is the secret to prayer. The secret to prayer really is found in the secret prayer or the secret place of prayer. So we're going to talk about that today in Matthew 6. Jesus says, when you pray, that was the start of our series, when not if, Jesus says, when you pray, he doesn't say if you pray, he doesn't say when it's convenient for you pray. He says when you pray, and he says it three times in three verses in a row, but then he says this, when you pray, go into your room, or in other words, find a solitary place, find a place where no one else is, and he says, and shut the door. And the reason that Jesus says shut the door is because He knows that in the secret place, it can only be you and God. So he says, go into your room, find that place, and make sure it's just you and God. Today, I want to talk about the secret place of prayer. And there's a verse in the Old Testament that I believe will be a marker for you in your life if you've never read it before. It's in Leviticus 6, Verse 12, and this is the word of the Lord through Moses to God's people. Leviticus is a, is a book of instruction, a book of how to relate to God, how to 
operate your life towards God. And this is specific instruction for the priests of the Lord. And it says this in verse 12 of Leviticus 6, the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not go out. The priest shall burn wood on it every morning and he shall arrange the burnt offering on it and shall, and shall burn on it the fat of the peace offerings. Look at verse 13. Fire shall be kept burning on the altar continually. It shall not go out. Today, I want to talk about the fire on the altar of your life. What is the fire? The fire is what burns before the Lord. The altar is your heart. And the secret prayer or the secret place of prayer is where we return to the Lord, to the altar, and we work on the fire in our lives. That is the power, I believe, of every Christian, that every single person at the moment of salvation, a light comes on. And it, and it just starts with a little spark. It just starts with a tiny little ember in a dark place. Did you know that before you met Jesus, your heart was a dark, dark place? It was void. It had nothing in it. It was no good. It was shut off to the plans and purposes and promises of God. And then in a moment of prayer, your heart got lit on fire. And it was just a little flame in a dark place that began to light up the heart, began to light up your life. And as we go along in life, we're all called to come back to that place of prayer and that fire. What is the fire? The fire is your prayer life. John Macefield said this, listen to it. God warms his hands at man's heart when he prays. God warms his hands at a man's heart when he prays. When it comes to your prayer life and my prayer life and our prayer life, this is what I believe is the burden for this message in this series is it's time for us to fire up a little bit. Is it time to us, for, for us to return to the ancient rhythms of a Christian? Nothing good in the kingdom of God and in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has ever been birthed outside of prayer. It always begins in the secret place. It always begins in the moment when it's, you've gone into your room, you've shut the door, there is no one else but you and God. And it's from that place, God does great things. I want to talk about your secret life of prayer that is vital for you as you move forward in your life. Week one of the series was when, not if. I just talked about that. And then last week was the prayer of despair. And we've been looking at different parts of the Bible. It has amazing prayers in it. Last week was the prayer of Jehoshaphat, which is a personal prayer of mine, because Jehoshaphat the king says this. He says, God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We got no idea what we're going to do, but it's okay because we've got you. And I've prayed prayers like that in my own life where I was like, I got, I don't know what I'm going to do right now. But thank God I have you in my life. So this week, we're going to look again in 2 Chronicles, but this is a different prayer. This is the prayer of Solomon. King Solomon at the dedication of the temple. And it's a powerful prayer. Solomon was wise and powerful and 
God had graced him with wisdom and amazing things, and he was the son of David and had all these things, and the prayer itself is powerful. But what's more powerful is God's response. So 2 Chronicles 6, and this is a long prayer, I don't have time to read the whole thing, but Solomon is praying at the dedication of the temple. He's sort of recommitting people, the people of Israel, back to God at the moment of the, the dedication. And the temple is such a special place. And he's talking about how we, when, when the people of God turn and face the Lord, God, you're going to hear them. But we're going to pick it up right here towards the end of the prayer in verse, 30, uh, verse 40. It says, Now, O my God, let your eyes be open and your ears attentive to the prayer of this place. And now arise, O Lord, and go to your resting place, you and the ark of your might. Let your priests, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation. Did you know that you're clothed with salvation as a priest that ministers before the Lord? He says, and let your saints rejoice in your goodness. O Lord God, do not turn away the face of your anointed one. Remember the steadfast love for David, your servant. Look at uh, chapter 7 and verse 1. Next verse says, As soon as Solomon finished his prayer, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled the Lord's house. When all the people of Israel saw the fire come down, came, uh, come down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they, they bowed down with their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshipped and gave thanks to the Lord, saying, for his good, for his steadfast love endures forever. I love it if you could write this down. A natural offering always brings a supernatural response. A natural offering before God, wood, the fire, your prayer life. It always brings a supernatural response. All sacrifice is costly, otherwise it wouldn't be a sacrifice. But listen, friend, when we pray, something happens in the supernatural that we don't understand in our natural bodies. And I want to talk about that today, but our spirit is understanding something that our natural mind and our natural body does not understand. And the enemy does not want you to know, but it happens in the fire of our prayer life. The fire begins in our hearts in a prayer. In the moment of salvation, we get lit up from the smallest of sparks and the darkness begins the fire. But as we go along in life, you have to return to the fire. You have to return to the fire. I'm going to say it again. You have to return to the fire. Can I say something as your pastor? If you don't pray, you won't make it. If we don't pray, our church won't make it. We can't get to the next season without prayer. And it's your burning fire, listen to me, friend, that just for you, it's your holy thing before the Lord, the altar of your life. That's why your heart is so valuable, because it's now an altar, because of the Holy Spirit. So I wanted to give us, if I could, just three foundations of prayer this morning, three foundations of effective prayer. And for you in here today, if you're a new Christian, um, this is awesome for you because you're going to get some foundations. If you're a, a, an older Christian, whatever that means, I never want to be an older Christian ever. Seasoned Christian. I never want to get 
old as a Christian. You know what I'm saying? I never want to get to the point where I'm just old and crusty as a Christian. <laughs> and I believe the Holy Spirit never lets you get that way. All right, number one, how do I pray? Foundations for effective prayer. Number one, I pray to the Father. Okay, this is important because this is relationship. I pray, when I pray, I pray to the Father. There is an innate thing inside every single person that draws breath on the planet today, whether they will accept it or not, agree to it or not. It doesn't matter what they say. The reality is this. We are all wanting to be in connection with the one who created us. That's why Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this, our Father. Up until this point, it had been accepted that the concept of father for the Jewish people was really about ancestry, okay? So tribes, families, names, Levites. But this is the moment as Jesus is ushering in the kingdom of God, helping people understand what what heaven is like, what God is like. He says, our father, when you pray, you say these words. You declare it over your own life. You pray in a way that gives you the understanding, gets your soul on board that says, our father. And I believe he, he meant the word our so that we would understand that we're all in this together. That when we pray our father, there's something in that prayer that I'm praying between me and God, but I'm connecting with my brothers and sisters in Christ. He says, pray to the father, our father. But let me ask you a question. Do you call out to him as father? This is important because that's who he is. And that's who God has decided he wants to be known as, as a father, as the father. Yes, he's Lord. Yes, he's God. Yes, he's Yahweh. Sovereign. But he wants to be known to you and to me as father. See, the enemy knows this and he's attacking it and has been attacking it, attacking the fatherhood of God in our lives since the very beginning. But here at our church, I want you to know that we are proud of fathers. We promote fatherhood. We believe in dads. We get behind dads. We speak to their potential. We speak to the promises of God in their lives. And if they come in here and maybe they're not doing it yet, we speak to their potential and we put faith in. We don't take faith out. Because we are called to pray to our Father. And I just love that that this is the way the Lord's Prayer because it reminds me every single day when I pray this prayer. I pray this prayer every single day when I start my quiet time. This is how I pray. I just start with the Lord's Prayer. And it's just how I get myself going. It's like, God, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. You know what I'm doing? I'm reminding myself of who my Father is. And at the same time, I'm getting myself prepped for everything that's going on. I'm sweeping out the ashes of my heart. And I'm ready for the fire to start. I'm ready to work on the fire. I'm ready for whatever it comes after that. But can I encourage you? Pray to the Father and watch what it does. It's the priority we see in the prayer. It's the way it starts. You can't ignore it. Our Father, because that's who God is. You know, He wants to meet with you. He wants to meet with you because he wants to talk with you. He wants to meet with you because he wants to spend time with you. He wants to meet with you. He wants to have his time with you. You know, God is a jealous God. And there are some things 
When it comes to dad, dad just wants you and him and that's it. And this is what I've learned is I've tried to bring people in. I've tried to have my, you know, hey, this is a group project. And there have been times when God's just like, you and me, let's go. You ever notice when dad would say that as a kid to you? Be like, man, I'm in trouble. Dad wants to go for a walk with me. But it's not like that with God. Do you have your place? Will you spend time with God? If you don't show up to the meeting, you won't get the information. If you don't show up to the appointment, you won't find out what you need to do next. This is why it's so vital that we pray to the Father and we have our secret place, our priority of prayer. It matters to God because God wants His time with you. He doesn't want time with anyone else but you. Do you have the place that you go? I have a place where I walk off to by myself. And anyone who's observing me in that moment is probably thinking that guy is a weirdo. But that walk to that place is special to me because I know what I'm doing. I'm going to my meeting and my meeting is every day. And if I don't show up to my meeting, I don't get the information that I need. But more importantly, I don't get to spend time with my father. So we pray to the father. Mankind has always had a secret place. In the very beginning, Genesis 3 verse 8, and they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And it says that they hid themselves. But I just love the front end of that verse because it says that God came down to the garden to hang with his kids. Could you imagine being in the garden? Be like a velociraptor just walking through, just like, holy moly, the Lord is here. God is here. But this is how it began and this is how it can still be in the spirit life. This is the secret place of prayer and communion with God. Do you have a secret place where you know, where you go there, you meet with Him? Jesus said, go into your room. There's a word there. Go, get away, figure it out. Figure out what it looks like. Do you have a place? Do you have a chair? I want to challenge you this week. This is a challenge for this week's message is establish your secret place. Establish your prayer place. Establish the place where you know that when you go there, that's your moment to shut the door and spend time with God. Where you get your chance to pray to the Father. You go to that place. Can I just encourage you? This is so important for your life. This is so important. Do you have that place? Do you have that, that area? Do you have that chair that you sit in? T.F. Tenney said it this way. He said, talking about God must never be a substitute for talking with God. And sometimes in our Christian life, we become so good professionally as Christians. It's just like, oh man, I'm just like, I know so much. And I'm talking about God and I'm forgetting to talk with God. I never want to get to that place. Because there's one that should come after the other. When we pray, we pray to the Father. Find your place. Make your appointment. Meet with the Father. So pray to the Father. Number two, second foundation is this. We pray by the Spirit. This is power. We pray to the Father. That's relationship. We pray by the Spirit. This is power. What is it that makes your prayer actually go to God? You ever thought about that? I mean, I've thought this. I mean, like, what is it about my prayer that gets to God? Is there some spiritual piece of conduit 
behind my head that shoots up to heaven once I've done saying what I need to say. It's the Holy Spirit that empowers our prayers. When we connect with God, the Holy Spirit is the one that powers up our prayers. It's not our own strength when we pray. Even when you mumble out a prayer to God, it's not the fancy words or the nice delivery. It's your spirit. When you pray, the Holy Spirit empowers that prayer. And you connect with God's spirit. That's why sometimes we just got to get our soul out of the way. We got to get our flesh out of the way. We've got to get our mind out of the way. It's what the, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians. He talked about speaking in a prayer language. He said the good part about it, and I'm paraphrasing here, is you get your mind out of the way. You get your head out of the, the game, and it's just spirit to spirit, praying to God. But we pray by the Spirit when we, when we pray, Our Father, hallowed be your name, and we begin the prayer, and we begin the petition, we begin praise and we start praying to God, the Holy Spirit comes and empowers us and connects us to God in prayer. It's powerful. We also pray to Jesus. Jesus is our shepherd. You can pray to Jesus as your teacher to show you things and reveal things to you and help you. And the Holy Spirit is our helper. And we pray to the Holy Spirit to come and help us. My favorite is when I need help, I pray, I pray to the Holy Spirit. So show up right now because I need your help. It's what it says in Ephesians 3 and verse 15, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. How does it happen? How do we, when you pray, how can you have confidence today that God hears your prayers? How can you have confidence that God is actually listening? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is who does it. The Holy Spirit is the one that does the work. You say the words, but he has the power. To pray, to be someone who prays is a powerful force in the kingdom of God. I want you to think about something. I want you to think about power specifically when I say this. Ready? One prayer can change the course of someone's eternity. Oh, that sounds like power to me. But I'm not the one who's not my words that change, is changing the course of eternity. It's the Holy Spirit working in and through and all around me. I think if we realized how powerful that is and how powerful prayer is, we wouldn't stop praying. We would keep praying that every person that we, were, we found on the journey that had a challenge or a hardship or needed healing or were going through something, we'd be like, yes, come on, let's pray. When we understood the power of what prayer is and how amazing it is. But what stops us? What is it that stops us sometimes from praying? I believe we forget how powerful it is. And I want to give the enemy too much credit. But I think he has a field day trying to tell us things like, well, your past disqualifies you from praying. Or the things that you've done has led you to, you're not spiritual enough to pray. Your prayers don't work. Look at what you used to do. The enemy has a field day coming into our lives and trying to get us to doubt the power of God, the power of our prayers, the moment that we say our Father and remind ourselves of our adoption in Christ into the family of God and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Can I just encourage you, don't give the enemy a foothold. 
Don't allow him to tell you something that's just not true. When you pray, this is what I would say, is you're actually more qualified because of your past. Because it's through your brokenness that now you've been reconciled to God through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And now you can pray. Now you can pray. So let's be praying people. I believe if we got a revelation of just how powerful prayer is, that we would understand, yeah, I was a sinner, but now I'm a saint. And can I just encourage you, when the saints pray, something changes. And this is what James was getting at. James 5 and verse 16 says, Therefore confess your sins to one another, pray for one another, that you may be healed. Listen to this. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Wow. Prayer. That's why we say prayer changes things. But when the saints pray, something happens. So number one, when we pray, we pray to the Father. Number two, we pray by the Spirit. Number three, you ready? We pray in the name of Jesus. And this is the authority. So we pray to the Father, that's our relationship. We pray by the Spirit, that's the power. And when we pray to Jesus, this is the authority. When you and I pray... We get to pray in the name of Jesus, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. But without that name, that's an aimless, powerless, directionless prayer because there's no authority. But the moment we say the name of Jesus, come on, somebody, can I get a witness? Am I in church right now? When we say the name of Jesus, everything changes. When we say the name of Jesus in our prayers, all of heaven reverberates that sound. All of a sudden, the name that we know as the name above all names is the authority that we pray with. It's no longer a powerless prayer. When you say the name of Jesus, it's no longer direct, directionless because you've just said the name of Jesus. And you declare, I've thought about this so many times. When I say the name of Jesus, I am praying the blood of Jesus Christ in that moment. And what do we know? What do we declare? What do we confess? The power of the blood that washes over us and through us and works out of us. And you declare the same resurrection power on the third day that now lives in you. Ephesians 1 says, And what is the immeasurable greatness of His power toward us who believe, according to the working of His great might, that He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Look at this. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. And above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. When you use the name of Jesus, it's the greatest name of all names. And all of heaven reverberates that name and everything in the spirit realm changes in a moment. It's almost like a conditioning comes down and the name of Jesus is spoken. And all of a sudden, all authority of heaven and earth is on that prayer. And the moment that you pray in the name of Jesus, everything's changed because you prayed. In the name of Jesus. Would you stand with me? I want to pray right now in the name of Jesus over you. 
I want to pray right now in the name of Jesus over your situation, over your circumstance, whatever it is that you're going through. You're in here today. Maybe you're in here today and you're facing a health crisis. I want to pray in the name of Jesus because this is what I believe is that when we pray that name, everything changes. Everything changes. And so maybe you're in here today and you're on the brink of ruin. Maybe you're in here today and you're like, man, I, I came to church today because this is my last shot. I'm so glad you're here today. Because when we pray the name of Jesus, everything changes. And by the Spirit of God, His power, not ours, working through us, we get the power to pray that name and our prayers just don't hit the floor. Every single prayer God hears and like Revelation says, is like incense before God. And I truly believe God right now has given us a revelation of our prayers, given us a revelation of our prayer life. And what we're going to do right now is we're going to take wood and we're going to throw it on the fire. We're going to take wood and this is good stuff. It's going to make that fire light up in our lives. So with every head bowed, eyes closed, if you have any prayer need at all, I'm talking sickness in your physical body. I'm talking salvation for your friends. The most wildest of prayers, the biggest of miracles, or the smallest of things. Just lift up your hand wherever you're at. Holy Spirit, Father God, we pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you right now, Lord, that you're a miracle-working God. And Father, we thank you that by the Spirit of God, we can pray these prayers, Lord. Strengthen us right now, God. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would deploy your goodness in our lives, that you would give healing where there's sickness, that you would issue provision where there's need. Father, that you would supply where there's lack. And God, we thank you that you're doing it right now. Father, that we believe in a God who does the miraculous work. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.